listening to the Northside Christian Church Sermon Podcast. These teachings are recorded at our weekly Sunday morning gatherings in Springfield, Missouri. For more about our church, service times, and how to connect, visit northsidechristianchurch.net. Well, Northside, uh, I just want to celebrate today what God did this last week when we had a prayer experience together. If you were here or you joined us online, there was something pretty special we got to be a part of just knowing uh, God's heart for people that he wants every person from every tongue, tribe and nation around his throne. Just knowing the power of prayer. We set out with a goal as a church to uh, pray for all 195 countries in our world which have been divided up into 4,770 states, so we can pray specifically for all of these locations and regions. And we set out to do that in one day. And we just set aside time in our service to get on our phones and our devices and just to pray for that. And and I just want to celebrate right now because I I just want to announce that that last Sunday, I am sitting in my uh, training three-session class in the afternoon And we all were just going to open up the Prayer Global app just to pray for this because we were using Prayer Global as our tool. And we opened it up to pray for a state. And all of a sudden it was just like, it was like completed. Like zero left. Like zero states left. It's like done. It's completed. And so, Norris, I want you to know, you prayed for 4,770 states last Sunday all in one day. Can we just celebrate what God did through that in one day of prayer? Just praising God for that. You prayed for places you didn't know existed, for people you didn't know existed. And, and you even did better than that because uh, on Monday morning, I got a text from Kylan uh, the, the, as they created Prayer Global. And, and, uh, and he said to me, he said, Wayne, um, so we, we had never had like so many people at the very same time through our requesting to, you know, to pray for a state. So we learned some things to, like we're, we're going to improve uh, Prayer Global. We're actually going to make it better. Because what ended up happening is it was sending out the same state to multiple people praying for that state. So he goes, I just want you to know, you guys didn't make one lap around the world. You actually made 1.76. You were closer to praying two times for the world than one. So that was on Monday. And so I think we can celebrate that too. The amount of prayer in one day that God did. So praise God for that. So we're just celebrating it. And then uh, I'm on the screen. You're going to see what I have on my computer here. And I I just want to just challenge you because we, we opened up Northside Lap 2 and we just told our church, hey, what we're doing in one day, if all of us just prayed once a day, you know, like when you got up in the morning or once before a meal, you, you used the Prayer Global app or you went to the Prayer Global browser on your website. And look, can we get that up there? And, and when you go to that site, if you go up to these three menu lines up here in the right corner and click on that and go down to groups and you click on groups, one of the groups you're going to see right there is Northside and Friends Lap 2. And uh, so if I were to click on that just on the map, Northside and Friends Lap, Lap 2, and just click on the map, we, we've already this week had 1,208 states prayed for by people who just said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep praying for this. There's 3,562 remaining. And I just want to invite you this week just to use Prayer Global and, and just pray Pray for some states this week, because if all of us did it, we can make a lap around the world in a week and continue to pray for our world and knowing that, that God is going to make changes in our world. Prayer works. And so I, I'm just celebrating that. and just wanted to mention that from this last week, just a powerful story of what God is doing 
I'm grateful for that. The other thing I'm excited about is, is what I'm wearing right now. Uh, Kingdom Men 2023 right here. I uh, found this shirt in John's office and put it on and here it is. So uh, just love it. I, I'm excited about Kingdom Men Conference and, and I do want to invite you to come. And, and I want to tell you, I, I guess there's another special reason why I'm excited about it because my son Nathan is leading worship for the men's conference. So I'm excited for him doing that. And then when I found out my, my son Owen's going to be helping him lead worship, I was excited about that. I mean, that's just a personal thing I'm excited about. Well, this is awesome. And then when last week when my son Nathan came to me and said, Dad, hey, I could use a keys player. Will you play keys? And I was thinking, um, my son's getting married. Nathan's getting married in May, probably heading out wherever the Lord leads him. And I'm thinking, this might be the one and only time, perhaps the last time, that me and my boys, I get to actually help lead worship with them. Like, there's something about that that sounds awesome. So then I'm really excited about that. You may not be, but I am. So, you know, good luck. But, um, but we're going. I just want to invite you. I mean, if you're a junior in high school or above, we're inviting you to come. And, uh, you know, we got all kinds of housing options for you. And then we have some really cool projects to be a part of. Uh, you know, last, last year, we we built all the walls to a five-bedroom house in like, I don't know, like an hour and a half or whatever it was. We built all the walls to a five-bedroom house. We loaded up on a semi-truck and we sent it to 2632 West Brower Street where uh, that, those walls were put up for a family. And, and we're going to be doing that again this year. And there's going to be that professional cornhole tournament and pickleball. I mean, all kinds of fun stuff, powerful sessions. And I just want you to know you're invited to come as, as even those sessions help us focus on what it means to stand courageously not just in the culture, but against our enemy. And so we're going to be talking about that. And guys, we'd love for you to join us. So it's February 3rd and 4th. It's a a Friday, Saturday. It's close enough. You can come and go as you need to. But we invite you to sign up today. So get on that. Sign up today. Be a part of that. And so I'm excited about it. And and then finally, uh, I'm just excited that today, that we get to spend some time today just honoring the Lord through Sanctity of Life Sunday. You know, this is a, it's a big deal that um, we get to partner with Pregnancy Care Center and what God is doing there. And, and I'm just excited about what God's doing there. It's incredible. In fact, I want to put up on the screen right now, just in 2022, some of these stats for you. 1,926 total clients served. 510 male clients served that are walking in and see the fatherhood program area and go, hmm, what's that? I'll go over there. 7,737 services were provided through their work. 2,627 coaching sessions. That's one-on-one sit-down talking coaching in that moment. I mean, that's just in 2022 when there were some unprecedented challenges for pregnancy care centers and things that happened that some of you already know about that we prayed about this last year. And I'm just great. Can we just, again, just express our appreciation and celebrate what God is doing through the work of Pregnancy Care Center. So we thank you for that and praise God for it. And I love Kevin's story. And I'll tell you why I love it, because he was sitting in a seat just like you are today, having personally experienced the work of Pregnancy Care Center in his family's life. When Joe Bell said, I want you to come, you know, come see me over here at the go wall in the go lobby. I'll be right out here. And Kevin told Kathy, I, I, I'm going to go talk to him. And, and you're like, people actually do that? They actually get out and go and talk to people over there? Yeah, they do all the time. And, and Kevin did. And those steps that he took, he took right out there to that lobby. And that conversation with Joe continued him on this trajectory 
that changed the course of his ministry and his work and opened doors of opportunity. So much so that as he's seen the work happening, just with tears in his eyes, told Corey and I, the opportunity here is great. We need men here. We need men here connecting with these younger men, these younger guys. Because a lot of times they haven't come from a family where there was a dad or an involved dad. And they just need men involved in their lives. These are specific ways we get to be involved. And one of the things that just excited me about Kevin's story is that before Kevin ever invested in them, God was doing a work in him. Before he ever invested in them, God was doing a work in him. Kyle Eidelman wrote a book. It was called One at a Time. And it's, it's the inspiration for even this series that we're going through. And, and he talks about how there's this end and through rhythm that we see in Scripture. End and through that we see in Scripture. Where God works in us. And then he begins to accomplish something through us. And oftentimes we want to skip the end part. Like we, we just want to get straight to the through part. That's what we want to do. But God, has, he's got to work in us. And we've got to have the patience for God to work in us so he can do something good through us. God's telling us, I, I want to do something through you, but first I want to work in you. Because what God does in me, God will do through me. What God does in me, God will do through me. It's in, then through. Whenever we have our child dedications at least twice a year and we have parents standing here on stage ready to dedicate their children to the Lord and themselves to the Lord, I I think every single time I've referred to Hannah from the Old Testament and said, you know, before Hannah ever dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord, she herself was first dedicated to the Lord. You know, she she didn't expect something from Samuel that she wasn't also doing. And as a parent, it just doesn't work. To try to lead your children to a place that you are, yourself are not going or not growing in. It, it just doesn't work. God works in, then through. And that's not just something that happens for us. I mean, even Jesus modeled that. That, that he, was, he gave room for the Father to work in him so that the power of the Spirit could work through him. He prioritized the work of his Father in him so the Spirit could work through him. I'll give you an example of that. It's in Mark chapter 1. When we read about there in verses 32 through 34, how Jesus had already had a full day of ministry. He was exhausted. He'd been teaching and preaching and healing people and, and casting out demons. And, and he comes to Peter's home. And usually it's when it's the end of the day and it's dark and it's after sunset, as the scripture says, that's when we just want to kick our feet up and take a breather because we're exhausted. But it tells us the whole town gathered at the door of Peter's house. You would think that'd be a good time to tell people, okay, come back tomorrow. But instead, it tells us that Jesus continued to heal and he continued to teach and he continued to cast out demons right there in that home until I don't know what time. But by the time his head finally hit the pillow, he was exhausted. Ministry is exhausting. Working with people all day long in such a way is exhausting. And then the text tells us in verse 34, I mean 35, very early in the morning. You think that'd be a good day to sleep in, but very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Everyone's looking for you. Because that's the expectations of people. They want us to do, to do, to do. They're just interested in the through. But Jesus knew. 
He knew before the Father could work through him, he needed the Father to work in him. Before he could even know what the Father would want him to do, he needed the Spirit to empower him. And so by prioritizing prayer with the Father early in the morning and going off into an isolated place to spend time with the Father, Jesus became empowered and he became focused. He not only knew what to do, but he had the power to do it. And it came by prioritizing it. And we know that this was true. We know that he was empowered and focused because Jesus replied to their response. Everyone's looking for you. Jesus said, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. Jesus knew what to do and where to go. He had clear direction of what the Father wanted him to do because he first spent time with the Father. And here's the question for all of us today. Here's the question for us. How would you know what God wants you to do if you do not invite God to work in you? How would you even know what God wants you to do today, tomorrow, each and every day, this week? How would you even know what God wants you to do if you do not invite him to work in you? When we prioritize the work of God in us, it empowers us and it focuses us on what God wants to do. I mean, how many times have I gotten up early in the morning to go into my office right there at home and just start working right there at the, to get the stuff done? I need to get done. The pressure's on. And so you start getting it done. You start working on this or that before you go to the office because that's the, the time when you have the uninterrupted time. And then you get to the office and you start doing the things you're going to do here. And then, and then all of a sudden there's, there's a crisis or something happens or you're, you're talking to someone or you're listening to someone. And in that moment, in the back of your mind, you're going, I wish I had spent more time in him, letting him work in me, letting the father work so that I'm equipped and empowered in this moment for what we're facing. But I was so busy doing the work so he could work through me that I wasn't being still to allow him to work in me. God has to do some things in us in order to do some things through us. Otherwise, we're not effective. We're not available. We're not going to do what Jesus wants us to do. We're not going to be who he wants us to be. We're not going to have ears to hear what he hears. We're not going to see what he sees. We're not going to be what he wants us to be. And the disciples are just prime examples of how they needed Jesus to grow them, to change them, to mature them, to do work in them so that they could do what he wanted them to do. I mean, there's many examples. I'll give just a couple here really quick. But just moments when, when they, the disciples needed discipled in order to be who Jesus wanted them to be. Like in Matthew 14, when Jesus had been teaching the crowd thousands and, and the disciples realized, you know, they're getting hungry. It's been quite a bit of time. And they tell Jesus, you need to send the crowds away. They need to go get some food. Not our problem, their problem. Better send them away. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. No, I'm, I'm going to feed them. He had to teach them some things about the power that he had, who he was before they could be most useful for him. Or Matthew 15, when the Canaanite woman comes begging for mercy and for healing for her child and for her daughter. And the disciples are exhausted and worn out from ministry. They urge her to go away. She keeps on begging. It's annoying them. And they, they, just, they just want, you know, all, they're surrounded by needs of people. They just want it to stop. So they're sending her away. And then Jesus stops and he loves her. And he heals her daughter. Or you think of Matthew 19 when the little children are coming to Jesus and the disciples with lots of ministry and responsibilities. Jesus has got so much to do. He's telling the children, you know, hey, back off, get away. He doesn't have time for you. And Jesus says, no, let the children come to me. And he blesses them and he touches them and he cares for them. 
they had a lot to learn about what ministry looks like, what when God's working through you, how important it is that He work in you to make you who He wants you to be. And prayer is where it starts. It's, it's why we launched Prayer Global last week. It's, yeah, prayer is going to change our world. It changes things, but it mostly changes me. It prepares me. It equips me. It, it, it gives space for God to work in me. And that's what I need. I, I need His work in me. And so we see the example in Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, we see it with the disciples and these multiple texts through Matthew. And I just want to give a few other scriptures that just emphasize the work God needs to do in you because the odds are a lot of you, if you're like me, we tend to pass over that or, or resist that or want to get past it. And it's the most important work. So like in John fifteen five, when Jesus says in this text, remain in me, he's saying abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then, then ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. You, know, you. you will bear much fruit. This is what, what Jesus says in John 15, that the fruit, the harvest that comes from your life, the results come from remaining in Jesus, abiding in Jesus, spending time with Jesus, working in Jesus. That's, that's where it's going to happen. As we pray to the Father and as we let His words remain in us and as we receive that, He does the work in us. But look, if anyone, if anyone could skip that part where God the Father does a work in us and they could just go straight to the fruit, it would be Jesus. I mean, if anybody could do that, it'd be Him. But He doesn't do that. He never skipped that part. He knew how essential it was to spend time with the Father to do the work in Him so that the Spirit could empower Him. He knew that for there to be a harvest that multiplies in his life, there first had to be seed prepared in the ground to grow, to sprout. And there's just so many examples of this, like even the, the parable of the sower that Jesus told in Mark chapter 4, 3 through 8, where this farmer, this sower, he goes out and he's sowing seed and he's sowing it indiscriminately and generously and lavishly. He's throwing it over the path and rocky places and thorny places and good soil. The seed is going everywhere. And we could talk about the soil. We could, we could talk about the soil. I mean, there's lots of things we could talk about, but in all of it, we have to acknowledge that seed had to be planted for it to produce. It had to go in the ground for the Word of God, the seed, for the Word to take root and to grow in the hearts of people. And so what's happening underground is important. You can't see it. You don't know what's going on in there, but it's happening. You don't see the change that's taking place deep inside the heart. But that work is essential. It's essential to producing a harvest. It's, it's essential to growing, and it's going to be worth it. And we as God's people, we got to give space for God to work in the innermost place. we got to give time for God to work in us. And as you start 2023 and you start going through this year, we got to put greater emphasis on praying, on abiding in Jesus, on meditating, on spending time differently than maybe how we've spent it or wasted it. But maybe in this moment, we need God to do something in us. And when he does, you may not notice it yet. I mean, when, the, when you give space for God to work and, and the seed is planted in you, you may not immediately notice growth or, or a harvest because it takes time to do that. So you just got to keep watering. You got to keep cultivating, fertilizing. You got to stay in community. You got to stay rooted in the things that matter to give chance for the, the seed to sprout. Keep doing the right things 
And it will produce a harvest. There's some things that God wants to do in you. You just got to be patient so it can be expressed through you. I would say it this way. Be patient with God's process. But be urgent about getting into the process. Be patient with God's process in your life. But be urgent about getting into the process. Because what happens for a lot of people is they, they encounter a moment. They have this moment when they need, they need the fruit that God produces in their life to, to engage something. And then they realize in that moment they don't have it. And the reason they don't have it is because they never allowed and received the seed into their life to, for God to do the work that needed to happen for them to be ready in that moment. You short-circuited the process that God wants to do in you. It's like in marriage or in a relationship or even in a friendship. Man, you know how you want to respond. You know how you should respond, but you don't respond the way that you should. And when you look back, it's because you, you haven't been allowing God to do the work in you that's necessary for you to respond in the way that you should respond. And so we, we've short-circuited the process. We've got to stop and, and invite Jesus to do the work in here that needs done. But we don't like the work that gets done. We, we, we want to microwave the process. I mean, we, we're a microwave generation. I mean, we stand at it kind of like, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. We want it done now. We want to microwave maturity. We want to microwave spirituality. We want to microwave transformation. But I'm just telling you, we, we need to give time for God to work in us and wait for his seed to produce and, and to multiply and do that. So God, he wants to do a work in you so he can work through you. Let's look at another scripture together that, that emphasizes this point. And, and while we're doing this, I'm just going to say for those of you in the room right now, I know this kind of stuff can tend to distract you, but you may notice sometimes the light dimming, right? You're like, hey, what's happening? And then it starts coming brighter. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Okay. Don't know. It just, there's not some guy back there. I know how you all think about it. Some guys back there just sliding it down, sliding it up. It's not what's happening. Okay. It just, can't explain it. It's Satan. It's Satan. He's doing it. Okay. So we're just acknowledging it's happens. It happens. Okay. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Let's, let's, let's look at this text together. Where Paul's writing this, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Work out because God's working in. Work out your salvation. Not, not work for it. You're working from it. Work out of your salvation. In other words, salvation works... But it's not just for you. It's not for me. Just, to, just for me. It, it's so I can work out of that salvation. So I'm working out. It, it carries the idea of completion. Work it out towards completion. Think of working a field for the harvest. My salvation is to be worked out in real life. It works that way. And so we work it out with fear and trembling. That's like reverent fear for God. It's reverent fear for Him. But it's not just reverent fear for Him. It's also being committed to obedience. You work it out, you obey it. But you don't do this in your own strength. No, you do it in the strength God provides. In other words, there's, there's two people working in, in this text, okay? Verse 12, you're the one working. One worker is you in verse 12. 
And then in verse 13, the other worker is the Holy Spirit. So you're at work and God is at work. And God is the one who works in you so you can work out of the work he's doing in you. You can work, he can work through you. And the Holy Spirit is the one, it says, that, that will work in you to will and to act. To will and to act. In other words, he's going to give you the desire and the power to do what he would have you to do. If you've ever felt like, man, I just, don't have, I just don't feel it right now. I don't have the feelings for this. You need to know God will give you that. You need to receive it from him. You need to ask him for it. And he will give you the desire to want to do it. And he'll give you the power to want to do it. I mean, that's what happened to Paul. I mean, that, that was his story. You see, the Christian life is not so much a series of ups and downs. It's almost more a, a, a process of ins and outs. God working in you so he can work out of you, work through you. He works in, we work out. And the author of this text is Paul. And, and Paul, when he became a believer, Acts chapter 9, Acts 22, talks about this. When he came to believe Jesus, encountered him in a miraculous way, and he believed and he repented and he was baptized into Christ, he, his ministry was launched. Well, before he began really launching the ministry, God working through him, he went to Arabia for three years. Galatians chapter 1 tells us God worked in him. God had to do a work in him before he really did a work through him. And the same is true of us. God is more interested in the workman than the work. God wants to work in you before he will work through you. Because if the workman is who or she, he or she ought to be, then the work will be what it ought to be. He wants to work in you before he will work through you. And so many of us, we just, we just obey God because of the pressure on the outside, and, but not the power on the inside. We conform rather than being transformed. We go through the motions instead of allowing God to do in us what he ought to do. And I just want you to know in 2023, we want God to do great things through us. I mean, as a whole church, we've been talking about a disciple-making movement. Our, our prayer is that every single one of you this year would have an opportunity to help lead someone to Jesus and baptize them and begin to help disciple them into the family of God. And that's what God would want for all of his people, that we, we make disciples who make disciples and we're taking steps to where as a church we can do that more effectively than we ever have before. It's our prayer. But before God's going to work through us to do that, we've got to abide in Him. In fact, maybe the best way to be a person of impact is not to say, God, what do you want to do through me? But first say, God, what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do in me? I mean, God, I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to be obedient. But God, what do you want to do in me so I can be to do? And that's our prayer. And I, I just want you to take a moment right now. I want you just to close your eyes, bow your head just right where you are. And I want you to just take a moment right now, kind of put into practice what we're saying and in a posture of receiving. Just let this be a moment where you just say, God, what do you want to do in me? God, what work you want to do in me. And I want you just to listen to the Father and be still for a moment. Just create some space right now to receive from Him, to hear from Him, answering the question, God, what, what do you want to do in me? And I want you to take a few moments in silence right now and just listen to Him.
Heavenly Father, I pray that we would receive everything. Everything that you want to do in us. We'd be willing to receive the the hard work. We would submit to the process. Lord, we would cultivate and fertilize and remain and abide and depend on you, knowing that, Jesus, as we do, you make us into who you've created us to be. That that's the important work. It starts there. And God, often we overlook it, we bypass it, we short-circuit it, we try to microwave it, we want to get around it. I just pray humbly, Jesus, that we would humbly come to you, inviting you to work in us to do what only you can do in the deepest places, under the soil, where it's hidden, where no one else sees. So often the work of our ministry is so visible out here, but what's most needed is what's invisible in here. And I just pray, God, that you would transform us, renew us, fill us, make us who you want us to be, give us what we need. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. You know, I think there's a, a physical structure that can be an illustration of this. Um, the Brooklyn Bridge, it connects the boroughs of Manhattan and Brooklyn over the East River. This thing was built in like 1869, I think is when, it, when they started the process of the Brooklyn Bridge. So that's, that was 154 years ago they started building this thing. And, uh, you know, if you ever go look at this suspension bridge, it was the longest one in the world when it was built at the time. Uh, it, it's incredible um, what, how it's still used today. It has six lanes of vehicles on that bridge, uh, pedestrians and bicycle paths. In fact, in 2018, these were the stats for its usage. Every single day, 116,000 vehicles, 30,000 pedestrians, and 3,000 cyclists crossed the Brooklyn Bridge. And here it is, you know, 150 years later, and it's still in use. And yeah, it got, it got some remodeling, you know, to, some reinforcement that it received years ago. But how is that bridge when so many others are not in use at all? How is it still in use all these many years later? And you can really go back to June of 1872 when um, Gordon MacDonald explains how the chief engineer... Uh, and the construction team came out and told the public, look, I know it looks like not much is going on. I mean, here they were like almost three years into the project. And he's like, I know it looks like not much is going on. But he was explaining to people what was happening below the waterline that nobody could see and how much concrete was down there, which was going to be more than what they even were going to see above the structure. If you look at the structure today, it's impressive. But what was happening below the waterline was the important work that would last. And he was sharing about that, saying, hey, there's been incredible progress that's been made. It took 14 years to complete. But it is an example of what we're talking about, that the work that's done below the waterline is what determines what's going to stand the test of time and challenge. That, that work for us is called worship and devotion and prayer and listening to God through His Word and obedience and spiritual discipline. It's those things. And if we only focus on what's above the waterline, which is the ministry that's visible to everybody else, how God is working through us, then we're going to fail miserably. We're going to neglect the work that God wants to do in us. And it's only a matter of time before we crumble. The order matters in and through. 
end them through. And maybe today you're not in a real healthy place. Maybe today you're like, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm not where I need to be. You need to let God work in you so he can work through you. You need to, to be the work of God as you do the work of God. Be the work of God as you do the work of God. He wants to do a good work through you, but let him do in you what's needed first. And let me even say this. Even on the heels of what Lisa was talking about earlier, about how one of the ways the Pregnancy Care Center is helping people is also through the services they provide to those who are wounded and hurt or or dealing with intense loss or grief or depression or anxiety that that can come to many that are post-abort even, things like this. And and, and I just want to say this. It's a different angle that, that Kyle mentions I thought was so good. And I'm going to put this up here so you can read it, but I want to emphasize it. What God wants to do in you and eventually through you is going to come out of something that has happened to you. There are some painful things that have happened to you that God isn't going to waste. He, in his redemptive spirit, can take what's happened to you, do a good work in you of healing and help, so he can do something great through you. I mean, he's done that with so many of these women and men that are connected to Pregnancy Care Center. He can do that with you. He can redeem that which is bad. I mean, think of Joseph who, at the age of 17, had a dream that God would use him only to be thrown in prison, only to become a slave, only to be betrayed by his brothers. I mean, it would have been easy for him to give up on the dream. But God used what happened to him in his life to do something amazing through him. And maybe there are some things that still need to happen in you. But know this, God will work through you. He will do this. It's how God works. In 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, it says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. And above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and power forever. Amen. In other words, go in the strength that God provides. Serve in the strength God provides. Love with the love God provides. Speak with the words that God provides. Offer hospitality in the same way that God provides hospitality to you. Do it in the strength that He gives. Be alert, sober-minded. Pray. Because when you pray, God will do a work in you so He can do a work through you. And that's what every one of these scriptures emphasize over and over. God wants to work in you. So in Mark 1, Jesus prioritizes the Father's work in Him so that He's empowered and focused. In John 15 and Mark 4, we know that that the seed will produce. It just takes time. So abide with Jesus. Remain in Jesus. And he will produce a harvest. So be patient with God in the process. But be urgent about getting into the process. Philippians 2 shows us that the Christian life is more than a series of ups and downs. It's really a process of ins and outs. The Holy Spirit works in us so that we work out what he does. And 1 Peter 4 shows us that we serve in the strength God provides. It all comes from Him. That's why when you sang that song earlier, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. Everything we have, it comes from Him. 
he breathes in so we can breathe out what God breathes into us. And right now is going to be one of those moments where we breathe in his spirit. Where we just receive what he gives. Every week we take a time in our service where we reflect on the salvation that is ours in Christ Jesus. What he does in us. And we do that by taking the emblems, the body of Jesus expressed through the bread and the blood of Jesus through the juice. And if you have not yet gotten your communion uh, prepackaged uh, yet, uh, it's at the tables at the back of the room. Feel free right now to go get those as you give your attention to the screens. Thanks for joining us this morning, Northside. Before you go, make sure you check in and let us know you were here. Text the word CHECK to 417-233-1200. If you want to respond to today's service, you can do that online through Decision Point. If you want to know more about baptism or becoming a member, you can request more info at northsidechristianchurch.net slash decision. This is also the place to find out about our life groups, find out what sort of service opportunities there are, or if you just need to get in touch with a minister. And if you're online, you probably use social media too. Make sure you're following along with Northside on our Facebook page, Instagram account, YouTube channel, or Twitter. We are glad that you chose to join us this morning. As we head out for the week, let's make sure we take the love of God with us. Take good care of each other, Northside.